Hello again, and welcome to another episode of State of Reality, your guide to buying and selling real estate in the real world. I'm your host, DJ Stavropoulos, licensed realtor in Atlanta, Georgia. This episode covers the topic of holding your home open to ensure a quick and successful sale. You certainly don't have to do this, and not everyone does, for a variety of reasons. So I'll talk about the pros and cons of holding open houses, and also cover some material on how COVID-19 has changed this. You can hear more about that in my episode titled, Buying and Selling During the COVID-19 Pandemic. Suffice it to say, holding open houses as part of marketing your home is typically a great way to get people into the home and talking about it. Despite technology advances, there's nothing quite like being in the home to get a first-hand feel of it. No matter how good your photos are, how dazzling your three-dimensional Matterport is, how crystal clear your online floor plans are, people won't fully understand the property until they're actually inside it. It's that simple. Some people do actually buy homes without ever physically setting foot in them, but until that is a prevalent thing, you should be prepared to have people come inside, whether that's for individual showings or during an open house. We'll get started after the break. Welcome back. Most people know what an open house is, but not everything that goes on behind the scenes. An open house is having your property open to the public for a specific window of time on a specific day so that people can come see it. This is typically on weekends because Saturdays and Sundays generate the most visitors, and they usually run anywhere from 1 to 5 p.m. and can last 2 to 3 hours. But don't let that stop your agent from doing something different. You could have a Thursday evening wine and cheese open house. Anything to make yours different and stand out. Think magician, fortune teller, or open house bingo. You want people to show up and then you want them to leave and tell their friends about the experience. Good signage and advertising online can attract a huge audience. And depending on the creativity of your agent, it can create a lot of buzz about your home. It's an age old way of marketing a home that has pluses and minuses. The pluses, your home is freely open to anyone interested in seeing it. Visitors can ask questions live and your agent can answer them. They can take printed literature with them. They can measure their rooms to determine if their stuff will fit. They can use all their senses, including touch and smell, to feel the home out. The minuses? Some visitors will be looky-loos. They have no interest in buying a home. They're just curious, like George the monkey. And it seems as if they should be ignored, but you never know if they know someone looking for a home like yours. They may not be in the market, but they're harmless. Many visitors won't be qualified to buy your home, even if they're interested. You don't pre-qualify guests, so you have no idea whether they can afford to buy it. With COVID-19 attacking our country, you don't have control over whether infected people are entering your home or not, although you can certainly require guests to wear masks and use hand sanitizer before entering. Finally, not to be a negative nully, but shady visitors may be there to see what possessions you have with the intent of planning a burglary. I don't want to make you paranoid, but at this point in the process, all of your valuables should be stored out of sight and any personalizations gone. You don't want strangers reading your diplomas on the wall. They don't need to know who you are, and you really don't want them to. After the break, caravans. Thanks for coming back. Did someone make microwave popcorn? It smells great. Just kidding. On to caravans. A 
caravan is nothing more than an open house for other agents. It's also known as a broker's open, although you don't need to be a broker to attend. In metropolitan Atlanta, these typically occur on Tuesdays, starting around 11 a.m. Agents who have new listings will schedule their caravans in the MLS so that other agents can see these and choose which to attend. Most of us hold these just after we go live. What's the purpose? There are two compelling reasons to do a caravan. Number one, to sell the home to other agents. It's a chance for other agents to see your home and tell their clients about it. Agents don't really have time to look at properties online, but if they see one in person that feels like a fit for a client, you can be sure they'll tell them about it. Heck, if they're like me, they're taking pictures and videos of the home as they're walking through it or FaceTiming with a potential buyer during the caravan. That's a good thing. Number two, to get professional feedback early. Agents can and should provide feedback on the home, which is critical. As good as your agent is, it's always valuable to get the input and expertise of other agents. This is typically focused on the price, the condition, and any potential problems they see in selling the home. One of the biggest challenges is not understanding why you're not getting showings or not getting offers. Having agents give their professional opinions right up front can save a lot of wasted time. If they tell your agent that the home is overpriced by $25,000, you can be fairly confident that it's true. And it might behoove you to rethink your pricing instead of waiting three months, getting no offers, and then deciding it's time to adjust the price downward. Feedback is also useful to validate what your agent's been telling you, especially if you disagree. They should offer this up professionally. It's nice to read the handwritten comments from others. This can be a hard pill to swallow, but they're not trying to ruin your day. They're professionals who collectively are trying to help you get your home sold. They work with buyers every day and have a good sense of what those buyers will think of your home. Heed the words of wisdom from these professionals because buyers are highly unlikely to be open and honest about what they really think of your home. A word on the timing of caravans, which has never made sense to me. These really should be held before your property goes live because if there's valid feedback on the price and or condition, once you're live, it's too late. You don't wanna drop the price just after your property lists. And you don't wanna be making visible changes to the condition either, because that creates a disconnect between the photos and reality when people arrive. Caravans take time and effort to plan and strong incentives to get agents in the door. There are a lot of new and exciting listings each week, and if yours isn't that attractive, you won't get a lot of interest. So think of the caravan as a dry run for a real open house. How well it goes off may be a good indication of how well attended your open houses will be. Lots of agents give out free bottles of wine, gift cards, or cash. I know, it's a total bribe, but you can't expect people to show up and give their opinion for free, now can you? I'll talk about virtual open houses after the break. COVID-19 has given rise to the virtual open house as a great alternative to the traditional one. I covered these in my episode on buying and selling during the COVID-19 pandemic, but the information is worth repeating here. A virtual open house lets buyers watch online from the comfort of their home. This can result in a much larger audience because it's easier for buyers to turn on their computer or phone instead of driving to your home. COVID has made us all super, super lazy, but that's okay. It also allows geographically dispersed viewers to see the home as well, greatly expanding your potential buyer base. When people are relocating to your city, one huge drawback is that they think they have to travel there to see homes. But this is no longer true with a virtual open house. 
There are a few different ways for your agent to do this. First, they can literally walk through the home showing viewers each room. Common formats include Zoom meetings and Facebook Live. Some virtual open houses are interactive, allowing for Q&A. Viewers can type in their questions in a chat box for the agent to respond to. Often it's logistically difficult to handle these while you're showing the home, so many agents review and respond to the questions later. Having viewers unmuted and asking questions live can get a bit disruptive. Another option is a Facebook watch party. This involves your agent making videos of your home and stringing them together into a montage. It's basically a movie of your home filmed in advance, and guests can eat popcorn while watching. This clearly isn't live, but does free up your agent to interact with viewers since they're not busy walking through the home and talking. Your agent doesn't even have to be at your home while hosting this. To summarize, your agent should be discussing the traditional versus virtual open house with you to determine which you're comfortable with and which you think will have the best results. Although there were no traditional open houses for several months in the spring and early summer of 2020, these are making a comeback as more people feel comfortable hosting and attending them. When we return, I'll talk about open house best practices. A great open house requires upfront planning by your agent. What day, what time, how long, and how many? I always do Sundays and typically schedule three of these a week apart. Even if your house goes under contract, that doesn't mean you should cancel the open houses. Many contracts fall apart, and the open house is an ongoing chance to get more potential buyers interested and potentially get a backup offer. If you go binding and cancel your second and third open houses and the deal falls apart, you have to start all over again. Your agent legally has to disclose that the home is under contract, but they don't have to stop showing it. Food versus no food. I typically keep this to a minimum with bottled water and energy bars. Depending on the price point and budget, some agents put on full spreads of cheese, charcuterie, or baked goods. Make sure guests have access to all parts of the home, including the basement, attic, crawl space, and garage. If they've made the trip, there's no point in withholding access. I've been to countless homes where the key to the crawl space is somehow missing and a buyer really wants to see what's down there. You should not be at the open house. Guests don't want you breathing down their necks and hovering around them like crows on a bloody carcass. And trust me, you don't really want to be eavesdropping as people talk about your home because it may not all be good. And if you're thin-skinned, you'll take it personally and might even cry. Boo-hoo. You don't need the anger and resentment generated by a complete stranger ruining your day. Your agent should be able to answer every possible question a guest has. Otherwise, they will appear unknowledgeable and or unprepared, and that reflects poorly even though it's about them and not the home itself. Your agent should have an emergency plan in the event a guest becomes unruly or threatening. They should never park in the driveway, but instead on the street. And they should never lead guests through the house but instead let the guests wander at their own pace. They want the freedom to explore, and if they have questions, they'll ask. Know that your agent will be looking for new business during these open houses, so it's possible that if your home isn't a great fit for a guest, your agent may be providing them other listings that are. This isn't a betrayal, it's just them trying to help whomever comes through the door. Ask your agent to provide a summary after each open house. This should include number of groups, total number of guests, and all feedback they provided, which your agent needs to ask for before people leave. Most visitors will be shy about this, but if asked in the right way, it can reveal what people really think. 
I have colleagues who put clipboarded questionnaires into people's hands as they enter, but that's never worked for me. After the break, I'll be back in a jiffy with a recap of today's episode. Here's a summary of today's topic, holding your home open. Understand the pluses and minuses of having an open house and decide if they make sense for you. Decide whether you want these to be traditional or virtual and the differences in each approach. Even if people are comfortable coming to your home, a virtual open house has a lot of advantages. You don't have to pick just one type, you could do both. Have your agent plan these meticulously and get a sense of what they'll be doing so that you feel comfortable. Your input may or may not be welcome depending on your agent, but they should at least ask. Finally, have your agent review the outcome of each open house, including metrics and guest feedback, so you can work together to gauge success. If you had no attendees, there's a reason and you'll need to figure out why. Lots of visitors but no offers? The feedback should help you understand why. Did you get offers on the spot or guests who verbally said they were interested? Great, that's exactly what you want to happen. I held one last Sunday where we had 12 groups come through in the course of two hours. One agent made a full price offer on the spot. Two other buyers verbally confirmed their agents would be submitting offers. By that evening, we decided to ask for best and highest with a deadline 24 hours later. That was a great success and probably wouldn't have happened had we not held an open house. For whatever reason, the energy of multiple buyer groups looking and talking feeds off each other and can make people want the home even more knowing there are others there who want it too. I hope this was helpful. Have fun with it. When else do you get to open your house to the world and hold a party for a bunch of people you don't even know? That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Tune in again for another episode of State of Reality, where I shed light on real estate and the reality behind it.